So every time you enter into a new relationship and every time you want to level up that relationship, you got to, again, take stock and ask yourself, why do I want to level up? And what is it going to require of me to level this in the direction I want it to? Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I can't believe we are already five episodes in, you guys. This season is flying by and it's kind of freaking me out. All right. So jumping in, this week's episode is called What Are We? And we're talking all about taking the next steps in a relationship. I feel like this is kind of a new phenomenon in our generation. Like people just don't define relationships the way that they used to. If you think about our parents' generation, it just seemed like a lot simpler. You went on a few dates, you were going steady, and then the next thing you know, you're married with babies before you turn 25. I mean, shit was just a lot simpler. And it's just not like that anymore, you know? Like, couples are waiting longer and longer to commit and move on to the next stages of their lives. So I chose this problem specifically and kind of selfishly, to be honest, because I'm in one of those relationships that has taken its sweet time over five years. But in any relationship, there comes a point in time where you need to, and as our expert this week so eloquently puts it, shit or get off the pot. And so that is what we will be getting into today. Now, speaking of our expert this week, oh man, Michelle Hope, who's our expert, is just so good. And I'm sorry, our interview goes a little bit longer than normal, but it is just so full of good tidbits. And I just, I had trouble editing anything out of it. She gives us some very solid advice on how to broach difficult conversations with your partner, how to align your life goals, and talk about the hard things like joining finances, moving in together, and all that good stuff. So before we get to her, though, I am so pumped because we have a really fun roundtable this week. We have on the talented, the hilarious, the just like awesome, amazing ladies behind the wildly popular Almost 30 podcast, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Now, I met these two in LA and I just fell in love with them immediately. They are so real and relatable and just like good people. Uh, We talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about the dreaded what are we conversation, signs things are getting serious in a relationship, and how to trick your boyfriends into doing what you want them to do. So it's really fun. It's a really fun episode. So stick around and we will be right back. Hey, 
Hey guys. Yeah, what's up? Sissy. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. If you guys don't know Almost 30 Podcasts, it's one of the top rated podcasts. It's awesome. Um, I feel like it's very on brand with Big Kid Problems. Like if you like yes. what I'm doing, you're definitely going to like what you guys are doing. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you like us, you like her. If you like her, you like <laughs> us. <laughs> we, sh- we share your shit all day, every day before yes. we even knew you. We are like, who is this? Uh, no. Really? The fact that yeah, you make your own shit is crazy. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. No, that's like... <laughs> meme, meme makers are gonna rule the world one day uh, i mean i mean i don't know about all that but hey so other than your podcast you guys also host live events all over the world and you have this awesome community so everybody who doesn't know almost 30 get after it check it out um all right lady so i have you on this week we're talking about relationships and more importantly mm. taking the next step in a relationship mm. because i don't know about you guys but i feel like times have a changed you know, yeah. it's not so much like people are taking like doing this, like going on three dates and then like establishing that they're in a relationship and doing this. Like, I feel like I feel like bases just, have changed too. Oh, totally. like bases yes. is no longer like sec first base is boobs. It's like first base is like anal beads. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like bases definitely don't finger and butt is first base. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> I want to come back to that. <laughs> We're going to circle back on that one real quick. But I mean... I feel like, you know, a lot of, you guys have been in relationships. Did anybody even like establish, hey, we're boyfriend and girlfriend yet? Or like, mm. a, a, how do you even know you're in a relationship? I did. Like I yeah? basically, yeah. Oh yeah. Girl. I was like, what are we? Just like, I always, what I always do is I always like say, if I want to know, I'm always like, hey, like all my friends are asking like, or like I had guys, <laughs> I literally, I'm like, or like I had this guy like hit on me last night and asked me if I had a boyfriend and I really didn't know what to say. That's what a do good you think? one. That I is a good one. It pisses them off, but makes them think. Exactly. Yeah. That you got to like get that competitive totally urge. Exactly. Just, and, but at this time I did have like guy friends that were like, yo, what are you like? what is this? And so I was just like, yo, all my guy friends, I think it's weird that we haven't defined it. So like, what do you think? I like that. Shame them. Yeah. Forward. I mean, I'm very forward. I haven't had that. Well, I had a, I was dating someone for like six weeks. We had that conversation on week five, Uh, (laughs) but but it's, it, did he bring it up? Uh, yeah. What did he he say? He's like, so are we, exclusive like are we doing this no i loved it i was Mm -hmm. like yeah you know and i still had that levity in it where i i'll be completely honest like especially if if i'm just still working through like whether i'm in it or not i just the thought of that conversation gives me like hives because (laughs) but normally it's because it's not the right person yeah Mm. do you know what i mean because i still want to explore and just kind of be with this person i want to be present enough to you know, give it that time um, and effort. But I think there's a deeper part of me that maybe knows. And that's what's kind of fighting the conversation. The last time I had a serious relationship was in college and a little bit outside of college. And we never had, I think it was maybe when we were so fucked up and I'm like, so what are we? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you wake up the next day and you're like next to each other. You're like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, We're together I- now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done that with the I love yous. Oh, oh the I love you. Classic. Uh, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. Drunk always. Yeah. You just called me a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every I love you I've probably ever said has been drunk the first time. Yikes. Are yeah. you, were you the first one? I mean, you, to say your, I love you? Yeah. No. That one I was like, I'm going to let you have this. Mm. <laughs> 
let you have this one. Or like most of the time I let the guy say I love you first, I guess. No, I no for no reason. Yeah. But for like defining the relationship for me, it's like I don't do well not knowing what our status is and I want to protect against you fucking around. So if I'm going to, I need to know, like, because I actually had a situation where I was dating someone and didn't define the relationship and we did not have the same expectation of what was going on. So he was fucking around and I wasn't. And it was, you know, to his credit is because we never said we were together. We never defined the relationship. He never said, I'm only sleeping with you. So that just made me want to know earlier so I can like hedge my bet. So it's like, if not, if I would have asked and he's like, no, you're not the only person. I'm like, okay, cool. Then I'm going to go do my thing because I want something else. Right. You How know? long were you dating that guy? Just out of curiosity. Um, So we had been dating for a while, like a year and a half. And then we broke up. And I was like, we're going to be broken up. We're going to take time off. It was like one of those mm. where, you know, I was like, we're done. But we weren't done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, that's definitely the smart thing to do. You yeah. know, I think like if we we're, you know, going to give it good advice, like that's what you do. I, I never... I. I, I just kind of like ride it out. Like mm, I love that. that's not the smartest thing. I mean, I've been dating a guy now for five years, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think we've ever like defined the relationship. So basically I'm still single. Yeah, like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> even so though we live together with a dog. Yeah, I think I'm it's like totally whatever available. your personality is. Like if you're gonna be a person that like is gonna sit there and wonder and, you know, text your friends and be like, okay, so does this mean that we're dating? And you know, kind of whatever, if it's like better for you and your mental to know, then you should do it. And the person, if they actually care about you should be able to respond to you in the right way. And I think it's like a good teller. You know, Mm -hmm. I never, I don't think I've ever done it too, too soon, Mm -hmm. you know, to be like two dates in and I'm like, what are we? Like, definitely. I have friends you have. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not (laughs) doing it too too early on. Some people are so caught up in their own head that they're not taking the, you know, social cues from the other person, Mm. whether it's body language or texting patterns, communication patterns that like they're missing some signs. And I think I know myself and I'm really good at reading people by now at 31 that I can kind of tell if someone's being a little fucker on the side. Yeah, And so I don't, I'm not going to ask and I'm probably going to just kind of pivot the other way eventually, you know, get out of it, whatever I want, whatever I need at that time. But I think for me now, it's like I, it's like a little degaff attitude in terms of just like, I'm going to say how I feel like I really like you. And I've had guys be afraid of that completely yeah, and go the other way. And I'm now, because I've just like been with myself long enough to just be like, okay, they're not for me. Instead of being like, oh my God, like I'm too much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I like you. Like, I don't know what else to say. I like you a lot. Like, I would love to uh, keep doing this. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't need you to get down on one knee right now. Right. I'm just saying, like, I like you and I want you to know that and that I am only dating you. Yeah. And I think it's an important conversation to have. Totally. Do you think there's anything, like, can you have that too early on? Like, what would you say is like a good, like, minimum? You have to have like three dates in or you have to have like two sleepovers under your belt or do you just like fuck it when I'm feeling it? I know. I think it's case by case. It's hard. Yeah. Because like, yeah, it's hard because so for mine, we were talking long distance for like seven months. So we hadn't really seen each other a lot. So our defining the relationship was so much longer than if I was in person. I mean, fuck, if we were in person, 
you know, mm-hmm. a month maybe. Like, right. Mine's like also with sex. Like when you start having sex also is like a conversationary time. You mm-hmm. know, if you're going to continue to have sex with them and you kind of would maybe want to know if they have a bunch of other partners, you know, for your safety. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that also is Absolutely. like plays into the conversation around what, what are you? Yeah. And don't ask it like when you're on top of him. But and, like, that's, well, yeah, and that's why I think it's important. And I've learned this and we talked to John Wineland on our podcast about this, just not letting them in until they feel you. So like, and you know, as a woman, especially we're very intuitive. And so I think there's a respect layer to the knowing or feeling you. I think there's um, consistent just engagement, you know, and yeah. it could literally, he said it could be on night one or it could be on like month five, you know, like it just depends on the connection. But too often, especially like in my twenties, I was letting people in way before they felt me. Yep. Way before. Because well, you think it's going to get them to feel you. Exactly. So yes. like being intimate with someone, like being physical with some someone is my way of expressing myself, my way of connecting with someone. And I don't necessarily think it's slutty, but so, yeah, whatever. But I think other people who aren't ready to receive it in that way, in that way of communicating and getting to know each other, take it as slutty or take it as, oh, this is casual. And then communication is all fucked. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's something, I mean, it kind of takes, comes with experience too, right? Like we've done this like with, you know, with guys before, but I feel like when I was in my early twenties, I, this is even probably a different topic, but like, I, I had this notion in my head, like, oh man, you know, on date number three, you have to have sex. And it's just like, dude, I remember that really uh-huh. don't have to, like, it was totally. such like a liberating feeling. I, I remember when mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I actually don't fucking need to do that. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, I didn't even kiss. I don't kiss even on the first, second, third date. Really? Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know. I'm like very weird about my like oral physi- hygiene. Yeah. Not <laughs> very much. No, sadly. Um, but I just can't, it's very weird. Like it's very uncomfortable with that first kiss, you know, I don't know. So yeah. Yeah. I like, like to what your point, what you were saying, like you have to like actually like feel it though and yeah. just, you know, kind of go with it there. But I still, so with kissing though. I'll kiss even if I'm not into it. Mm, most people, that's on, that's on 99 You know, because you're just like, it's just a kiss and it's a goodbye. And you're yeah. just like, all right, I'll kiss you on the lips. Yeah. And then you're like, you'll go in. He's going to text you in five minutes, five, four. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll go in for the first, have you guys ever gone in for the kiss yourself or do you wait to see what the guy does? I've done that once. Yeah. So for my boyfriend that I'm with now, I've been so out of the game, like dating new people. And so I had to ask my friend, like, coach me. I was like, how do you kiss a guy? I was like, seriously, how do you kiss a guy? She's like, okay, what you're going to do is like, put your arm around him and kiss his cheek first. And I was like, that's such a good one. So I did it. I like, kissed his cheek and then I just kept, because it like broke the ice for me and then I like moved to his mouth. You're like, cheek, then dick, then mouth. <laughs> okay, so I go to his asshole next, right? Back to those, back to the anal beads. Yeah, honestly. Oh my God. Bring him in your purse. You yeah. just never you just know. Never know. Yes. If you're feeling it, you're feeling First it. Base, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is 2019. Um, no, I loving that. I mean, it's funny though, because once you start like hooking up and doing all of these things, I think there's, there, you know, you're obviously like there's a this hookup period of time, but then I feel like there's this also this 
point where it kind of transitions from just like mm. regular hookup to, okay, are we dating? Can you remember like any signs mm. that you think like, for me, I feel like it's always like when you start to be able to like leave stuff at the place, like if you get your own oh. drawer, there's like, okay, like this is getting real. Totally. That's a good one. That's definitely a sign. I think too, like um, when for you're me, seen out in public. <laughs> it's, making, <laughs> True. it's making time mm. for each other, like actively, like if if someone I'm dating says like, okay, so I want to see, like, if I'm like, oh yeah, like, let's get together. Like, I'll see you on Saturday. He's like, okay, yeah, Saturday. But like, I'd love to see you before. Like, and just works around. Like, he's like, I got out of work at five, but like, I would love to come give you like a hug or a kiss or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. kind of being very thoughtful mm-hmm. yeah, about everything and, and sacrificing mm-hmm. a little bit of his maybe time that he w- would have normally maybe like met some guys at the bar and he's like, mm-hmm. I want to see you, you know, just actively making me feel like I'm important. Like a him. priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you're seen in public. I yeah. Feel like, mm-hmm. you know, when you With like the friends and like, yeah, like, yeah. or you're choosing to go out like during a normal time, like for breakfast or, you know, for a dinner, <laughs> 12 a.m. Literally, <laughs> a.m. you know, you're like actually choosing to like Truly. intentionally be with them past like a hookup. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, that's- you're not inviting me over at 10? Yeah, like you don't <laughs> you want weird. me to wear the bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you say that. Actually, my um, first date with my current boyfriend, we went out to dinner and then he was like, oh, he just wanted to casually bring me to this like charity fundraiser afterwards. Oh, and I was show like- Show you off? Yeah, Same. I was like, no, sorry, I can't go. I like wouldn't go because I was like, that's so awkward. I don't want to be like, show. I don't want to show up with you somewhere. Like we're not- dating i don't really know you totally. that well you know and to not your day, arm candy yet yeah to this day he's still like i can't believe he didn't go and he probably <laughs> fucking loved it yeah that you didn't <laughs> yeah so funny and we were kind of talking about this a little bit because Kristen mm. and i have both been in, in long-term relationships and we both well you you've been living with your boyfriend for a while right mm-hmm. okay i just moved in with mine but these I are remember all, it yeah though. <laughs> yeah these are all kind of things like I think if you're trying to, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're kind of like trying to push them into the next step, like maybe you're not really getting there naturally, but you kind of want to like encourage them. Like, do you do anything to your boyfriend now where you're like, you try and like gracefully get them to do what you want to do? Oh, wow. You just described her whole life. This is my whole life, actually. I'm writing a book and it's called how to trick your boyfriend into doing stuff. Um, I'm going to be your first. <laughs> You're and this is, my, this is my trick is that I have to make him think that he thought of it. Smart. So, or I have to make him think that it's like, so as an example, I really want him to start taking this vitamin. Mm-hmm. So I'll put the vitamin on the counter and, you know, maybe he'll like look at it and I'll kind of, I have to be very patient and I'll wait for him to like touch it. And I'll be like, oh yeah, sorry, this isn't for you. It's like too potent. Like it might, it's like, <laughs> it's too potent. It's not for you. And he'll be like, no, like, what is it? And I'm like, no, no, sorry. It's like, just not for you. I got this from these like really cool people. And like, it's just going to be too much. And then I'll like put it away and he'll like have to look at it himself and then he'll have to discover it himself. And he'll have to like, I can't, if I'm like, Hey, take this. He's like, no, no, no. I have to like trick him into thinking he discovered it. He's the one who wanted to do it and that he's choosing it. So for cleaning, for like anything around the house, you have to make him think that he's choosing it. Yeah. How do you get him to choose to clean? Let's Because you have to, because he has to want to for like a reason to like 
it can't be like clean the house and then they're like no you know like they're gonna rebel Mm -hmm. i have a lot of rebelling in my relationship um but i have to like be like hey like it would really i would really appreciate if you know this week sometime you could make sure to do this and then i'll do you always have to do something for them sadly oh yeah we're talking about like a reward system you Mm -hmm. You have to reward them it's funny i have a girlfriend who um actually was just telling me she's learning like um she's like a a medicine healer and is like mm. very like spiritual, but she's also like learning how to do like hypnosis mm, cool. and she's like secretly like using it on her boyfriend. She's like told me a couple things of it. And I was like, this is a little bit crazy, but basically she says like, you kind of have to like, you, like you were saying, like make him think it's his idea, but just like casually mention things mm. like over and over and over again. So if it's like an engagement ring or if it's like getting married or starting a family, like if it's starting a family, it's always like talking about like, God, like just mm. saying like uh, how great like families are like, oh man, like the warmth of a, You just, mm. I don't know. Yeah. You know what the I mean? Warmth of a, <laughs> the, warmth of, <laughs> the warmth of a child on my tit. <laughs> <laughs> it's super subtle like that. Just keep it oh, real. Also with like, um, subtle. yeah, with cleaning stuff too, you could be like, or I always like sometimes bring up other couples. I'm like, wow, I really love how they do that. Oh, you know, I really love how I really you know, love how ex- Chris's it boyfriend could, could yes. uh, doesn't throw towels on the yeah, floor. Yeah, like, like oh my I god, really Chris love how he a boyfriend and he like helps her clean on the weekends. Isn't that weird? That's so sweet. <laughs> it's crazy. He gets five more blowjobs a week. Yeah, I would give that guy so many blowjobs. <laughs> hundred. Yeah, tell they don't that. understand that. Like when they do shit like that, the service. Yes. I mean, hello. I am open for service. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we are all. Oh, you guys, that's actually really smart. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Like, you have to do that rewards. You really got to be diligent. How about a you nude know? for a, a chore? Yep. Nude for a chore. Make it fun. Yeah. Make it fun. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm actually dead serious. That's actually not One a bad idea. One of my favorite idea. things, when I'm in like a serious relationship, it's like fun to like go back and do like naughty shit. Like weird, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like on the day, let's just be like, here's a nude. Mm-hmm. He's my boyfriend. He's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. God. You guys still doing? Are you guys doing nudes? Like, am I? I maybe I'm like way in relationships out of, for sure. Really? Until oh, I had a stalker yeah. steal all my nudes <gasps> and blackmail me for months. Yeah, I was doing nudes. Wait, yeah. really? That's always my biggest fear. Yeah, you know. That's why I don't hear it. It's weird. I should. With your experience, I definitely <laughs> should. I don't even now. I don't even care. But I don't even really. Yeah, I, I should do more. Yeah. I mean, I, now I'm just like, fuck. Maybe it's just I fun. Send and then they send nude. back something. I'm like, don't do that. It's yeah, like, I, got, I got you on this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm good. This is really for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to keep track of my body progress. <laughs> Your happy trail ain't so hot. Yeah. Right now. yeah. <laughs> Poor dudes. Poor dudes. There's no like nude equivalent. I like them in person. I don't need a, you know. Yeah. Else. I want to yes. touch it. Yeah. Just buy me dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or clothes. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Or pay my rent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it. All right, guys. Well, you're the best. Cheers. We love you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Bye, guys. Stick around and we will be right back with our expert of the week, sexologist and relationship expert, Michelle Hope. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am now sitting with our expert of the week, Michelle Hope. She is a sex, love, and relationship expert or a sexologist, I think. Yes. Yeah, sexologist. I want that on like a business card. Michelle, how did you how did you get into this line of work? Well, you know, I think like for me, sex has always been a part of my life. I come from kind of a unique background. I'm biracial. My mother um, is a feminist. And was a feminist from the 70s and a lesbian. And so 
sex and love and was really fluid growing up and like understanding your body and your private parts and all of these things were like just open and free flowing. And then being biracial and growing up in a place like Indiana, unfortunately, at a younger age, I was kind of overaged and hypersexualized. And like I did experience um, assault like so many others growing up. And I think that for me, I just wanted a deeper understanding as to like why this happened. What could I have done? I think we go through that space in our minds, especially when you're a teenager. And so I like started reading more Dr. Ruth and Dr. Drew. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like I think I want to do this. And I was young and it sounds kind of strange, but I just was really connected to understanding like what it meant to be a person of color and be a woman. And, you know, I've had the same body type since I was 12, right? Like, <laughs> like that's, and I'm a grown woman. <laughs> so like, how do we process that? And nobody talks about that. And at 15 and 16, I just wish somebody had been there mm-hmm. to like, I wish we had podcasts then. Right. So I could have listened to something other than an old lady named Dr. Ruth because I was like, that doesn't really seem. Telling you about orgasms. Yeah, it yeah. didn't really seem like something that I was into. But I think I always wanted to do that. And then I came to uh, Los Angeles and I was like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be Halle Berry. <laughs> and again, I experienced this kind of hypersexualization going through casting calls. And again, there were like aspects of my race like, oh, do you speak Spanish? Because if you spoke Spanish, we could probably put you on now. I'm not Spanish, right? Or can you be a little more black? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, is is there a book for that? Are there some sides? (laughs) So I left entertainment to go back to school because again, I always had this passion for like Dr. Ruth, Dr. Drew, Mm -hmm. but they didn't look like me. Right. They didn't like really do the same struggles as me. Um, And I think I'm unique because of uh, being biracial. So I wanted to kind of gain a deeper understanding and provide a space for all people to talk about sex and sexuality. Additionally, you know, having a a parent that is a lesbian or a parent that's LGBTQ identified, it it made me want to better understand sex and love and sexuality in a in a broader, broader sense than what I had been seeing in media and television. So I left, I went to school and um, studied African-American studies and human development. And then I went to grad school and studied marriage family therapy. So I was like, what happens to all these people that don't have access? And I don't just mean like to a therapist, but to the knowledge to know how therapists help. Right. So I said, wait a minute, maybe MFT is a little too far. Let's find a way to give people practical, applicable information on how they can improve the love in their life, the relationships in their life, and of course, the sex in their life. So that is kind of how I I shifted to human development with an emphasis in adult learning. Because I said, if I can understand how adults learn, (sighs) I can then help them unlearn and reteach them more positive more positive ways. Totally. Well, it sounds like that is, you were definitely the perfect person to be on this episode because we're kind of going to talk about all those little things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to hit on them because we're talking about relationships this week. Yep. And we're talking about specifically that time in relationships where you're not you're not kind of sure how to move into the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that we were talking in our round table earlier um, a little bit, especially in the beginning of relationships, how, and I don't know if you think that this is, if this has been like a, 
more recent phenomenon, but how um, you don't really have like those steps in a relationship like you used to, where like you go on a certain amount of dates and then you're going steady. Mm-hmm. Things have changed. Yep. How can you get your partner there if those communication lines like aren't super open? Yeah, I think first what we have to think about is what is a relationship, right? Yeah. For a long time, when you think about things like marriage, I feel like society has told us that like marriage is the place we're supposed to go. But if you look at marriage from a historical perspective, no woman would ever want to go to marriage because it's actually the bartering of property. Women being seen as property of their fathers and then the transfer of property to a new husband, right? Like, so already the patriarchy in that is a little interesting, right? Um, But our society has continued to reinforce that as women, our goal should be marriage, children, and a white picket fence. Mm -hmm. I think that we have moved to a space where the lines of relationship are like a blob, almost like the Mucinex character (laughs) because of one, uh, this fourth wave of feminism, things like social media, dating apps have really impacted how we view relationships. So the first thing I want to say is that the first relationship starts with self. And you have to be very, very, very clear with your relationship with yourself before you can even start to approach or broach uh, relationship benchmarks for someone else. Mm. So I always tell somebody, really get in touch with yourself um, and, and, and fall in love with yourself. That might sound corny, but it's really important to how you're going to navigate a relationship with another person. Totally. I mean, that's harder, easier said than done. Totally too. easier said than done. If somebody is um on that path, I mean, not to take like a total detour, but like if somebody is, you know, maybe not totally in love with theirself, what do you think are some initial steps to kind of get get on that process? I think the first thing is to date yourself. Like one thing I do to like check myself when I'm in relationships is like, am I behaving in a manner that I would date me? <laughs> like really take stock of like what, not what you bring to the table financially, but like how supportive are you? Mm. Are you an active listener? Do you have good communication skills? Like these are the fundamental things you need to have a successful relationship. Because I think the idea of a successful relationship is being able to navigate challenges that life puts on that relationship. Totally. Whether they're individual challenges for one person in the relationship, both people have to process it, right? Um, So if you're kind of struggling with self-esteem, take a few months to do some journaling. Take yourself out on dates. I think that's like the best thing. Spend some time with yourself. Make routines that really go into self-care. Make lists of the things you really like about yourself and what you want in a partner. And even if you are in a relationship right now, you should probably take stock. Mm. Take a moment to step back and evaluate, how am I behaving in this relationship? How um, do I want to behave in this relationship? How do I want my partner to behave in this relationship? And how are my actions impacting those outcomes? Because it's cause and effect. Mm -hmm. And we train each other how to behave in relationships. And sometimes we train each other to hurt each other unconsciously. When you say you're training somebody, do you think it's, um, do you think that training is like how you are acting towards that person? Yes. If I want to get like this behavior to me, like you get what you give. Yes, totally. And that's why I think the first relationship starts with self and you really got to look in the mirror and be like, would I date myself? I mean, sometimes I look in the mirror, girl, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, girl, I'm not (laughs) dating you. You don't show up on time. You put work before 
everything else. So you have to be aware of mm. what your shortcomings are. So then you can identify spaces that you might not be doing what you need to do to get what you want. Yeah. Now, I've been in long-term relationships too. And one thing I've noticed is we carry baggage from our last relationships. 1,000%. Into our next relationships. And it doesn't matter um, whether that's in a romantic space or even in a sexual space. Like every vagina is different. Every (laughs) penis is different. You cannot... See, you cannot assume that the tricks you used on the last partner you had are going to work on this partner. And that's emotionally, mentally, and physically. So every time you enter into a new relationship and every time you want to level up that relationship, you got to, again, take stock and ask yourself, why do I want to level up? And what is it going to require of me to level this in the direction I want it to? Yeah. All right. So you are in your relationship and you want to level up. You are kind of taking stock and let's say you want to you want to make sure like okay we are we are in a committed relationship like we're boyfriend and girlfriend monogamous or yeah okay. we're monogamous you know i think like the easy answer is to be like oh well talk to your partner but i feel like uh you know it's not always the best way like or what would you, what would you say you have to find the right time to have the conversation Never via text message. Don't be sending me no DM talking about what are we? Yeah. That is not the move. You really need to set up an opportunity to have a conversation and honor that conversation. And um, you should do regular check-ins, right? So as you progress in a relationship, and I know we're going to get to this later on, from, okay, what are we to what's the next level? Yeah. And beyond, um, you have to look at your this is crazy, Uh, your relationship as a business because it takes work. Yeah. And once you get to a space where you might want to cohabitate or you might want to get married or you might want to co-parent or have a child, money comes into play. Right. And if there ain't no money, (laughs) it ain't no honey. Right? Because you look at why marriages uh, break up. Finances is a large part of that. Yeah. And the stress of, of finance. So really it's about setting boundaries and having the discussion with yourself first and being very clear on what your wants are, what your deal breakers are, and what you're willing to compromise. Yeah. Because that'll help you. Because I think, I mean, even in my own relationship, I feel like I know those things. Like, I'm pretty clear on what I want. And like, all of those things, like, I know, like, you know, financially where I want to be, like, the kind of future I want to build. But it's so much harder. Like, there's definitely a disconnect between knowing those things and then, like, how to approach them with a partner and get that your partner on that same page. So like, is it a conversation or like... It's a series (laughs) of conversations. And sometimes it's not a, okay, bae, we need to sit down and have a talk. Because I feel like guys would just hear that and be like, oh God, yeah. Fluidity is important. Mm -hmm. Use all the things around you to start these conversations. So even when I do parent classes and I talk to parents about how do they talk to their young person about sex and sexuality, it's the same process. Use Facebook. Hey, babe, I just saw this article about polyamory. What are your thoughts? (laughs) You get what I'm saying? So that starts the dialogue and you can kind of sprinkle in and then you have to listen. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times at least for myself, girl, I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> I have heard my partners say things to me like, I don't want this. And then I think, stop thinking you can change somebody's mind. Right. That's crazy. You cannot change another person. Right. So 
um, you can use TV shows like, oh my gosh, that was so romantic or wow, that, that looks like a challenging situation. Uh, this is us. What a great show to like, <laughs> wow, what would you do if we were in that situation? And then you allow them to process an experience or something that might come up without it being in a space of trauma. I love this. Like it's the idea that, oh man, what if we got pregnant or we wanted to have a baby and then I had a miscarriage. I'm using that as an example because I know that was on This Is Us. Yeah. Um, how would we process that? What do you think you would do? So then you're using these characters in television or on Instagram or on the YouTube. On a what, podcast. Whatever. Yeah. And you can be like, how would you process that? Or what do you think about how they processed that, right? So it's almost allowing them to give you what they would be doing right? from a bird's eye perspective with no pressure, no stress. And then you have to listen and you kind of have to, all that should add up and it should allow for a more transitional conversation to mm -hmm. leveling up because these like are natural combo. Yeah, because it's not like we haven't talked about things like this. Yeah. Maybe they weren't applied to our relationship. But this is what you said you would do right. if this was you. So it really creates a, a much more comfortable environment to have hard conversations. That's really smart. I actually like that. And you're and you're right. It takes away so much of the pressure than like sitting down and be like, we need to talk about the mm -hmm. next steps we're taking in our relationship. Like I think any guy would hear that and like fucking bolt <laughs> run for the hills. Um, okay, so I, that's that's actually awesome. And I mean. You said, you mentioned this briefly, and I was like, I made a mental note to come back to it. Uh, but you were talking about like um, thinking about relationships. You also mentioned that time piece. Yep. Like when you have like your that with yourself and like knowing what you want and yep. like at a certain time. Yep. So moving into our relationships, we've talked a lot about like those beginning of stages of a relationship. But let's say you guys have been together um, for a while and you want to move in together. Like, do you think that there is a proper amount of time like are you always when you hear somebody moved in together like three months after knowing each other is that a red flag i mean i don't want to put a time on it yeah because i mean when you really think i'm gonna sound super nerdy right now but to anybody who watches doctor who i don't know if anybody does it's traveling time lord british but the idea that time is not an actual thing right so what one couple might have gone through in three months whether that was we experienced trauma, there was a death, there was, yeah, we, we start a business together, we're, great things are happening. And then what another couple in three years did, I can't quantify that. Mm -hmm. You cannot quantify that. So I don't know if it's about, is there a quote unquote time rather than is there a feeling and are both parties in a space that they want to do this? And again, I'm going to go back to the financial piece. Mm. I was going to say that before you jump into it, I, I feel like there are probably a few things that you have to really think about before making a commitment like that. Like, well, let's get into that. Yeah, I think that is those that is an uncomfortable conversation that couples don't necessarily like to have. Mm -hmm. But I want to encourage couples, especially people who are living together. I want to encourage you to have regular conversations scheduled like a meeting. Like on your on your Google calendar? Yes. About really? Absolutely. How do you how do you plan for financial goals if you're not talking about finances? Think about the pressure. So let's say one person makes more than the other person. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean we should equally be paying rent or should we do sliding scale? 
Now, yeah. these are not comfortable conversations, not nor are all. they exciting, but they can give you an opportunity to build towards greater things. I think that if you're moving in with somebody, I always encourage creating a date night fund so then one person does not feel responsible for financially providing date night experiences. Yeah. Um, what you can do is, depending on how your paycheck works, um, maybe think about getting a joint account. Keep your Keep your own accounts. Get one joint account and then take a certain percentage of your paycheck and have that go into that account, account maybe 5%, 10%, depends on what you can afford. Yeah. And then each month, you look at that account and you base what you're dating, what your dates are right. on that account. So you have a budget, a couple budget. That's so smart. Talk about like avoiding some serious, Un- uh, mm-hmm. uncomfortable things by just doing that. I mean, I don't have that. Right. Who does? <laughs> you know, like, I kind of wish I did. I, I, yeah. And, but you can always start it. And it can be as simple as like, okay. And if you don't have bank accounts or a job that you can funnel money in, you could do uh, $20 a week in a shoebox, right? Yeah. Because if you are a couple, there may come an emergency. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, when you think about finances and a couple, you have to think about that couple as one person. So let's say one person loses their job. Right. And then does that mean the other person has to financially pick up the slack? Like how stressful would that be? Mm-hmm. But if you guys had already talked about finances and maybe you've built up this nest egg of like date nights, whatever. Um, you then can be like, okay, so we have this little bit of money here. Or what if there's a flat tire? Or, you know, there are all these things that can come up in relationships that you're a team. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing. <laughs> so we, we talked about finances and, um, you know, before like moving into each in together too, I want to talk about some of the other things you really have to get under control because I mean, I just went through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you mentioned like you have been in past relationships where you move in together. Like I didn't want to do that without knowing like, okay, we are, we are really invested in a future together. Like mm-hmm. we are thinking about kids. We are mm-hmm. thinking about marriage and we have to be on the same page yep. before we fucking, I sell my furniture yep. and you give know, up my life. Give Yeah. Like do this. Yeah, I think you should be on the same page. I don't want to pressure people into prematurely thinking about marriage and children. Let's plan a retirement fund. Yeah, right, right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that there is something to be said about being sure you guys are at least on the same page with lifelong commitments. Maybe it's not marriage. Look at Goldie Hawn and Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe it's, you also should, this is really important to me, uh, what's your birth control plan? Hmm. That's not a conversation a woman should have to do alone. Yeah. That's a conversation because there are side effects to hormonal birth controls. Right. Um, there are side effects to the pullout method. There are side effects to pretty much anything other than condoms, right? So what's your what's your preferred method? Well, I think that's a go way off topic here, but I'm but so I think curious. It is, I still think it's important. I feel like we are not encouraging women to have these conversations with their partners. Yeah. And I think we should. Totally. Like, why am I carrying all the hormonal weight over here? Literally. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Um, I get crazy on birth control. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. But I opted for an IUD. So I have a, a, a IUD. But it's the thing about IUDs is like, mine's up in a year. So if I'm in a relationship with somebody and I'm of a certain age, mid-30s, like, I don't think I'm getting another IUD. Mm. So what is that conversation? And instead of having that conversation the day before I have to go <laughs> in to get it removed... 
we should have been having those conversations. So I know where your head is at. Right. And I know where my head is at and where my uterus is at. (laughs) So again, I think it's about planning for the future and being on the same page. But I sometimes think, especially in heteronormative cisgendered relationships, women will be like, oh, I'm going to change him. Yep. I was just going to say that. Like, what? let's say you're having some of these conversations and you start to realize, like, maybe the person I'm with is not on the same page. One, I feel like this has happened to me before. I start to, like, do some gymnastics in my brain where I'm like, oh, well, he didn't really mean that. Like, he's totally, like, on board with what I'm saying. (laughs) You are not Simone Biles. Please stop with your somersaults, ladies. Yeah, no, you have to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's another that's hard. It's it's like an easy thing to say yeah. and like a harder thing to like fucking do. Yeah, but that's why I said use television, use yep. everything around you. Mm-hmm. Because when they don't know it's coming, or they don't know that sounds so covert, but when it's not right in their face, what do you want to do about kids? And it's something where it comes up in a conversation over a show and they're like, Yeah, I'm not really sure I I want kids. You have got to listen to that. Yeah. And it's different too than having like a full-on conversation like this because they might be also trying, you know, like they love you or they want to keep you. They might be saying things that they, you know, think you might want to hear and not necessarily what the real honest truth is. Right. And you also have to be aware about how men communicate. Men Mm. communicate very differently. (laughs) And their wallets. Now, (laughs) men communicate very differently than women because their brains work differently. Women see big picture. Men have more tunnel vision. So it's interesting. Sometimes the best time to have a conversation with a man about a tough topic is in the car because they don't have to make direct eye contact with you. So when we think about leveling up our relationships and when we think about getting into relationships, you need to understand your attachment style, right? And attachment theory is um, a psychological term of how we... how our brains are conditioned to couple with someone and how we move in relationships. It is developed zero to three years old and it starts with your primary caregiver, okay? Oh, I'm so interested. Okay, go on. I don't, I don't, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, because most of the time people make you pay $150 for this in therapy. <laughs> You're giving us a free session <laughs> yeah. right now. I love it. But again, remember my goal was to bring like high-level theory to, to applicable things. So you can go online and you can like take a, a survey to help you understand your attachment style. Attachment style will impact how you move in relationships. For me, I didn't come from the best space. Yeah. Um, so I have what they call an anxious attachment style. So I tend to get in my head like, oh my God, they're going to leave me. Mm. Oh my God, what did I do wrong? And then it like just spirals into like all these things. I don't want people to think just because I'm a sexologist, I have it all figured out. Yeah. I'm human. I have my own issues. And then there are other people who are like have detached attachment styles. And that's where they're really relationship avoidant. I'm like someone who wants to be in a relationship and always needs like the uh, reassurance in a relationship. And and there are other people out there that have a secure relationship. Yeah, what are all the attachment styles? Okay, there are four basic types. Okay. So there is a secure, is comfortable in relationships and able to ask for support. Okay. So you're you're like, um, and that's developed again from the the for initial caregivers. So when you were a little tiny baby, you might freak out when your mom went away, but then when your mom comes back, you're happy to see her. Yay! Yeah. Or your caregiver, okay? Then you have an avoidant. 
And that's like when your initial caregiver is around or your mother is around, you're not really seeking attention. And then you focus on all the things going on around you as a little baby, right? It's kind of interesting. But then when you get into an adult relationship, uh, you are much more independent and you don't feel as though you need a relationship that much. Okay, so far I think I'm that one. You're kind of like, if it happens, it happens. If it I'm just kind of like the more distant one. And I'm very, I'm very like uh, into my own shit. Like I'm pretty independent. Yeah, that's kind of like an avoidant. That's yeah, what I'm like, in, I'm independent as like the, the yeah, positive. You could, you could have it or you could take it or leave it. Yeah, which is like, think about, oh, well, I think it's interesting too. I mean, this is going to be too much of a topic to get into, but like the partner of somebody who's dating an avoidant, like that's kind of oh, no, hard. Usually... The here's the crazy part, and again, way too much. I'll come back for another episode. Yeah, we're gonna need you like do do a four hour. We're gonna do attachment theory one, but like people who have avoidant are oftentimes attracted to people with insecure. So they're like in this. If you heard of orbiting, like they're just moving around in this space, and then the insecure one is like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. But they're still orbiting, and people who tend to have an um, a kind of insecure. They go for people that are kind of ambivalent and like above them. Oh, it's it's nuts. That, but it's, I've again, definitely dated we, some of those. Oh, girl, yeah, you yeah. just freaking. I know. But we'll do another episode on this because that's yeah. going to get way too deep. Right, and I right. want to stay focused. Yes. Thank you um, for. Uh, no, because we'll, we would be here <laughs> all day. Me in. Yeah. We would be here all day. So I think that like. Wait, what were the other ones? Okay. So, so the, the top four, and I'll send you some stuff, is secure. Anxious. Which we talked on. Yeah, avoidant, avoidant and in. fearful. So fear, fearful of intimacy and fearful of like social interaction. Okay. Probably the last person I dated. Because mm. as I was saying to you, just really introverted, really is not a social butterfly, really yeah. just does not want to create any kind of attachment because somewhere in their lives, they had an attachment and it goes away. And the thing about attachment theory is it's, the, the root of it is built zero to three. And then the experiences of your life build upon right. whatever you were rooted in. It gets crazy. We'll do another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I always suggest people kind of uh, check into that and know their their style. I also am a big fan of love languages. I love love, lang- love languages Yeah, it's so, so cool. helpful. It yeah. can really help you identify. Like I hear a lot of times clients will come to me and couples will come to me because I do do couples coaching. And they'll be like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And then I start to talk to them and I hear it. And immediately I can identify that they're just speaking two separate love languages. Yeah. And if you can recognize that and then actively work towards identifying when that person feels like they're giving you love and then when that person feels like they're getting love, you can start to develop the relationship and patterns, relationship patterns mm-hmm. to fit that person's relationship style. Kind of goes back to us talking about like everything you did with the last partner is not going to work with the new partner. Right. Totally. I'm going to put that book in show notes too. I think anybody in a relationship should totally like read that book yeah. um, or even just like even do like basic understanding of what the love languages are because it is so interesting. And like me and my uh, boyfriend who I've been with for a really long time, like we have two totally different love languages, but at least I'm aware of what he needs so I can like turn, you know, I can do it if I, if, 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 any, if I need to. Yeah. And as far as the attachment theory stuff, there's a great book by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. It came out in uh, 2012. It's called Attached, the new science of adult attachment and how it can help your relationship. 
Interesting. It's a, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a great, great book and it can really help you kind of unpack. Yeah. Like you'll look back in your life at your relationships. You'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> this is why this is happening. And, but some of the stuff is painful. So be prepared for that. Um, but at the same time, this is information. Like I'm a firm believer. Failure are the building blocks of success. Yes. It doesn't matter what arena. Right. I was going to say that's, that's applicable to so many things. Oh my God. Um, okay. So, I mean, I think that's really like the meat of this is like getting your relationship on track because we're talking about, you know, moving our relationship forward. At the end of the day, it really just matters, you know, the meat of your relationship yeah. and that you both partners are getting their shit um, and happy and like be building each other up. And I think we cannot box our relationship into societal standards. Yes. Right. And I think that is a part of the conversation of leveling up and where are we and what are we now? Like, why are we asking that? Are you happy? Am I happy? Right. Now, if you're unfulfilled and you're like, I'd really like to go to the next level, then that's when you should have those what are we conversations. But if you're happy and you're fulfilled in the meat of your relationship and it's good meat, it's like good, good meat, <laughs> whether you're a vegetarian or not. Yeah. Um, I think that you cannot compare your relationship. And please don't compare your relationship to Instagram relationships. Oof. I think we do that a lot. 1,000%. And reality shows. Yeah. And just like, yeah, timelines in general, you think like, oh, we've been dating so long. Like we should be here and we're not here. That's a whole other thing. But um, all right. So I do, I love where this is going and I want to I want to be cognizant of your time and start to kind of like wrap it up. But I did want to get to this piece because we were talking about it a little bit before. But, and this is important in this topic, but let's say, you know, you start to realize, you know, I want to, I want to move my relationship forward. I want relationship, I want marriage. I want kids. Maybe your partner like isn't totally there. At what point do you need to, you know, shit or get off the pot? I love that saying. Um, well, when you got a shit, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and um, I think that if you go in uh, recognizing your worth, yep. and again, the self-relationship stuff, recognizing your boundaries, and when you feel like your boundaries have been crossed or that at this point you are no longer growing as an individual or your relationship is no longer growing, that's when you want to start looking and saying, is this working for me? And I think that there's no timeline on that. That's yeah. kind of, again, I can't quantify that. But what you should say is be honest with your partner and say, hey, this is not moving in the direction of my life goals. Yes. Yes. And you should talk. This is the thing. Same with finances. You should be talking about your life goals on a regular basis mm -hmm. because they should be in alignment. Yeah. You know, like if you have one person who's like, oh my gosh, education is super important to me. I want to go get my PhD. And you have another person who's like, I barely got through college and I thought that was a waste of time. Like, you have to look at that because that is a foundational thing. Yeah. And what happens when you have kids? Right. And somebody's like, well, I didn't really think college was worth it. And the other person is like, oh my gosh, I work Everything. in academia. So you really have to talk about your life goals. And if they're not in alignment, this is, again, very much easier said than done. There's a lot of fish in the sea. Hmm. And I say that with a bit of trepidation because I did host a, a single night in New York and there was so many women and not enough men. I feel like that's like New York dating in general. Yeah. But I also think it's important for whether you're heteronormative or, or, or not, recognizing your worth. 
Yes. And understanding that if you are not getting out of the relationship, what you need, if that meat is not filling your soul, Mm -hmm. it's not filling your belly, it's not filling your mind, that might be time for you to start thinking about what's my next move. And proper planning, because you have to plan your exit. Proper planning prevents piss poor breakups, like I said earlier. (laughs) Um, But you have to make a plan because emotionally, depending on how long you've been with somebody, you could be raw. You might be tied to them financially because you live together. And what does that look like? Yep. So I don't I, I don't want people breaking up in haste. Like yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, I, I listen to this podcast and fuck you, I'm out. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I want you to be able to go before whatever higher power you look to and say, I gave it my all. Yep. Because if you can go to your greater power or whatever your life force is and, and, and say to that light, that spirit, whatever you believe in, I gave everything I had and yes. it just didn't work. You will be able to walk away and not feel like... Yeah, you'll be able to close the loop on yep. that relationship. Because like, I mm-hmm. sometimes feel like if you don't give it your all and like you move on or you try to move on, that loop is not closed. And you're going to, if you try to date somebody else, you're going to bring that shit. Mm -hmm. You're going to bring that shit right in. Mm -hmm. So I I get that for sure. And I mean, this is speaking to me directly because I've been with my boyfriend for like five years and we're like, you know, everyone kind of like, I think society puts like pressure, like, okay, you guys have been dating for five years. Like, where's the ring? Like, where's Mm -hmm. the kids? Mm -hmm. You guys are in your thirties, whatever. But I've just recently kind of getting to a point where I'm like, we've been very happy and like, we've been on our, our paths, but then there gets to a point I'm like, okay, we've both been like focused on our individual growth. And I'm like, we need to now, like, let's start getting our paths together and like more aligning this shit as a as a unit. Yep. And I think the other thing that's really big for me when you know it might be time to get off is when you start sacrificing yourself for the relationship more than the other person is. Like, yes, sacrifice is a part of a relationship, but we call it compromise. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like you told me you moved across country. Yep. You you gave up a lot there. Yep. Right? And it's worked out for you. You know, I moved to New York in a relationship and it was a lot. I changed my major in school. I, I I took an extra year, like, and it turned out for the best for me. But when the relationship started going south, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We, <laughs> we, we not going to do this. When the, when the person was like, oh, well, I don't like it here. I'm about to move again. And I was like, no, yeah. I came here once. Right. We made a deal that we would stay here so I could do X, Y, and Z. And I could like get my ladder going. Yep. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm out. Was it painful? Oh my God, it was awful. I can't imagine. It was devastating because I'd lived in LA for 11 years and I gave everything up. And within 18 months of being in a city I didn't like prior to living there, I didn't know, super expensive. New York is a very hard city. It's very hard. uh, To find an apartment. Everything is hard. It's Get your clothes washed. Oh my God. It's like five blocks and like (laughs) bags of quarters. So um, cut ties. When the person was in it for themselves and not, there was no thought. They Literally, they once said to me, I said, you know what? I don't really feel like you're taking me into consideration in these decisions. And when you are living with somebody, every decision you make, you have to remember that there's another person involved in that. Right. And the person responded, I'm not. And I haven't been for a while. I said, that's fine. This is done. Yeah. And that was how I ended my relationship. And in that moment, which is crazy. I felt so empowered. Hmm. 
Now, a couple weeks after that, I was devastated. Of course. But in that moment, I felt so empowered. And that's knew, when I knew it was done. you knew the right answer. Yeah. You knew the right answer. Women, ladies, people with uteruses. Listen, to what I call it's your, your inner uterine spidey sense or that <laughs> gut feeling. Yeah. Follow listen that to, shit. Listen to that shit. <laughs> listen to that. Listen to that. And if your gut is telling you like, mm, I don't, this is not work. If your this doesn't feel right, yeah. we're not on the same page. You know when like yeah. your person yeah. isn't like, yeah. you know. And it's a difference from mm, my inner uterine spidey sense is saying something's off. That's a conversation. When your inner uterine spidey sense is saying, run. You <laughs> Get really, out. Yeah, you yeah. have to really listen to that. Because your bo- you have all the answers. Women, we're such powerful beings. I mean, we house life. We grow life. Yeah. We are the most awesome beings on the planet. So you have to listen mm-hmm. to your body. Your body will tell you. Yes. That is, oh, I love this too. And I just had a friend that went through a breakup and she was talking about this. Like, even if you don't want to listen to your intuition, your body will fucking tell you. Like She said she was having like terrible stomach pains, like diarrhea. Like, yes, your body, your is, body tell you. is going to let you know. When you need to expel something. Yes. And clearly she needed to expel that relationship. <laughs> hey! Yes. What a perfect way to end this episode. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Michelle. We're going to have to have you back on for another like eight part. Of eight course. Ha- eight hour uh, series. Whatever You're you best. want. I've had a lot of big kid problems. So yes. we can and we can go through them. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. see you next time. Absolutely. Wow, you guys. So that is a wrap on our What Are We episode. I know we covered a lot of ground, and I hope you guys walked away with some real stuff you can take into your own relationships. Um, I want to thank our guests again, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick from the Almost 30 podcast. Guys, if you don't already listen to them, I highly recommend. They are the real deal and actually helped me quite a bit in getting this podcast off the ground. So I'm obviously a big fan of theirs, and I think you will be too. Um, Another big thank you to our expert of the week, Michelle Hope. I will be linking everybody's info in show notes, so definitely check them out and show them some love. Speaking of showing some love, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please hit that little five-star review on iTunes, or if you could even write like a two-sentence review, I would appreciate it so much. This is still a very new podcast, so any love you can show, whether it's on iTunes or on social media, it is just so appreciated. So thank you again for listening. I know there are a million other things you could be listening to this last hour. So I appreciate you spending it with me. And I hope to see you back here next week. See you next Tuesday.